Welcome to the Dealmaker Show, the number one place for entrepreneurs and dealmakers to learn about leveraging and generating status, frame control, and narrative power to close big deals. Here is your host, investment banker, deal-making expert, and best-selling author of Pitch Anything and Flip the Script, Mr. Oren Claff. All right, guys, welcome. Welcome. This is the Dealmaker Show. I'm Oren Claff. We do this a couple times a week. This is your place to discover new things about culture, technology, business, but all within the context of deal-making. I try and bring the most interesting people I can find who have a very strong opinion on deal-making, either from the sales side, the negotiation side, the capital side, the finance side, the exit side, the origination side, the tech stack side. We put all that together, boom, you should have a couple things you can do today with your business. I want to bring on my guest today, a very interesting character, at least from his writing and his website and his YouTube and his videos and everything that I can see looks interesting. Might be the most boring guy in the world. We're about to find out. <laughs> Keenan, hey, welcome. Why are you still doubting? Like, are you really that much of a pessimist that you're still doubting? You're no, I, I, we just haven't met. You know, you meet, so you meet these people, they have wonderful curated Instagrams. They, uh, their, their videos are all blown up. They have interesting things today. You get them online and they go, uh, yeah, so I'm very happy to be here today. Dude, if my parents could have changed my middle name, they would have changed it to authentic. All I right. mean, that's just all there is to it. I am what I am, man. Popeye, baby. Popeye. I am what I am. So, uh, you have three kids. Are they what they are? I'm sorry. You have three kids, right? Two, three daughters. Three daughters. I'm, yeah. I'm a, a girl dad. Yeah. 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 How old are those kids? Uh, 16 in two weeks. Uh, wait, one week is her 16th birthday and then 14 and 11. I thought you were like a 23 year old. So I appreciate that, man. I'm old as dirt. <laughs> uh, there's a comedy routine anyway, uh, about, well, let's not get on a strong cultural topics. Let's get into, I think what we came here to talk about. So, so look, I think, uh, gap selling is a very interesting book. I recommend it. Uh, for people. I think it's complimentary to pitch anything in many, many ways. There's some things in there, you know, that you should never have written and I'm going to contact your publisher and have you take them out. No, um, I, I think we agree on some things as it comes to selling. I think the most important thing that you've done, which interests me and what I want to talk about today is you've gotten away from features, benefits, stretch benefits, tie down. Daniel and I were talking, by the way, if you're not familiar with features, benefits, stretch benefits, tie down, if you want to make your clients and customers feel as fucking uncomfortable as possible, yeah. do that. Yeah. Give me an example. Yeah. Give me an example from in your mind of a feature benefit, stretch benefit, tie down. So I, here's my hat. It's a great hat. Um, one of my favorite is if you're looking to, to keep the sun out of your eyes or if you're looking to to keep cool in the summer. This is great. Look, it's got flex fit. It, it, you don't have to mess with the thing in the back that, you know, breaks if you open it up too often, you know, it's made of a cooling material. So, you know, if, if, if this, 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 that, this is great for you and it's only, you know, $5, blah, 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 blah. Right. I mean, it's just talking about my stupid hat. I have no freaking clue why you would need a hat. I have no clue um, if you ever want a hat before. I have no clue if you ever go out in the sun. I have no clue if you play baseball. I have no clue who you are, but I'm going to start spewing bullshit about my great hat, hoping some of that stuff sticks. Yeah. And so, uh, Keenan, I did want thank you for sharing that. I did want to tell you about our new phone here. 
Uh, the camera is um, 18 megapixels. It can store over 50,000 photos. That's two years of photos of kids, no matter how many kids you have. Uh, and you said you loved your kids, right? Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, so the the phone uh, also has a kid lock on it. You, didn't you say you wanted to restrict teen screen time for your kids? Nope. Didn't say that. Oh, you know, okay. Um, but many parents feel as if that that's an important thing. And then uh, when I asked them about it, they felt like that would be important to them. And then when they used our phone, they found that this was the best phone on the market. Listen, I know you said you're interested in a phone today. Uh, this one seems to fit all the things that you said that you were interested in. If we can find the right price, can we wrap this one up and uh, get you on your way to your next job? Now, may, now maybe, I don't know. I need more time. need more time to think. <laughs> so, okay, great. What do you need to think about? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure if I have a phone. Maybe my, I, I, I may be able to just use my other camera. I don't know. I'm just too busy right now. I got to go. But you said your girls were the most important thing in your life to you and wouldn't have an eight a photo that you could send to the grandparents that really uh, was the best possible photo that you could produce. And, you know, you also told me your grandparents' eyes were suffering a little bit. It just, you know, the, the, the best possible megapixel, the best recreation of your children for... Nah, for nah they couldn't care less about that. Hmm. Tough, tough customer. Okay, so so right. feel well found. Features, benefits, stretch benefit, tie down. And mm -hmm. as goofy as that sounds, probably most of the people listening to the sound of my voice today are doing some version of that. Mm -hmm. We heard a little bit from you. Where is the problem in that? But but break it down for us. What's wrong with giving someone talking to them, saying, "Hey, you've got a problem. You you know you haven't updated your refrigerator, your phone. You need SaaS software. You need consulting services. You need to lose weight, gain weight, uh, do better accounting, have tax services, everything like that." Uh, oh, I'm getting. Well, what's interesting is yeah. I'm going to answer your question. You said it was really powerful too, and 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 even the most savvy salespeople say it and don't recognize it. You just said you have a problem. You need a new refrigerator. You have a problem. You need this. Have a problem in need. They blend them together. I, I to say I have a problem. I need a new refrigerator. Needing a new refrigerator is not my problem, and I don't know how to say it any more than I've said it in gap selling and all these I've done. I really want to punch people in the nose, guys. When when your boss says your sales manager says you hey what problem they have and you say oh they need new software oh they need a, a CRM oh they need no 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 the problem is the part of their business their life their experience or something that is forcing them to feel that their current environment is not acceptable any longer and then they start thinking oh I need a refrigerator oh I need CRM but if you don't understand what's behind that what the literal problem is, then you're not selling a damn thing. You're going back to what you said. You're hoping the features and functions attach to their interpretation and you hope that they can process it enough to get enough energy to buy. But that's a that's a crapshoot. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. So, so just to paraphrase, uh, the thing, just because you have a thing that you know will, can, should, definitely will upgrade the quality of their performance, their life, their business doesn't mean that they are looking at it through the same frames and lens and they de deeply appreciate as much as you, how much you're authentically trying to help them there. There, that gap is still there. So, cause you know, this is, this is what I see. This is even what I internalize if I don't plan. 
I know we can help them. I know I want to help them. I know where I'm coming from a transparent, authentic, desirable place. I know if they install the SaaS software that we sell, their revenues are going to go up, their costs are going to go down, and their life is going to improve. Um, I know I know what my why is. You know, Simon Sinek has taught me my why. And, uh, uh, you know, the the so I've got all my logos. We're the number one in the market. It's an indisputable fact that of this kind of SaaS software that improves their life, makes their accounting better, will get them more revenue and reduce their costs. We are the number one. We have the proof. It's You can search it on the web. I could take you through a demo. And so... I have certainty in my mind that I can and will help them. And you're saying that isn't enough to jump the gap. No, no. Where, where no. do we go from there? Because I, because I don't want to get into people who, uh, uh, sort of, um, if you don't have certainty and you don't have authenticity and you don't have transparency, we don't have enough time here. To yeah. <laughs> to help yeah. you. Yeah. Get there, yeah. All yeah. right. But, but you have a good product. You're, you've nichified it to where you really can help people and you found somebody who needs your help. Okay, so I think I think you, you, you kind of blended a couple of things, right? So if you find somebody you need that needs your help, I'm good with that. But it's how we define that you find somebody, right? So the, my definition of you find somebody is you've had a conversation and you said, okay, I know where my accounting software solves problems. I know what problems my accounting software solves, right? Now, whether that's in reconciling, whether that's in automating payments, whether that is in some brilliant AI that helps you find um, money in your, your, your um, out sales outstanding or in, um, in your, your uh, what do you call that, the invoicing or whatever that can increase your cash flow. I don't freaking give a shit what it is, but you know what the problems are. So let's just say the problems that you solve best are improving sales outstanding. It's um, finding money that's being wasted. And let's say it's, um, oh, give me one of the counting, uh, counting reporting accuracy. Like like your, 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 your reporting is, is, is inaccurate, right? Perfect. So, yes, you believe going in that every business has those problems. But what you don't understand is that every business has a varying degree of those problems, how those problems are manifesting themselves. And then finally, what the root causes to those problems are. And so your solution can only bring value if the problem is big enough, if the impact to the organization is big enough, and if the root cause of the problem is one of the things you fucking fix. Too often, they can have the problem. It has nothing to do with what you fix. Okay, so but hold on, hold on. I'm 23 years old, right? And what I just heard was astrophysics, right? Because, you know, the, I jump back or I will attack and you don't want that. I got the power. So... <laughs> It's okay. I'll simplify it. I'll oh, really no, hold on. Hold on. So here's my problem. I'm 23 years old. I'm, I'm one year in this SaaS company, right? I, our product has features. We have logos of all the co recognizable companies that we yeah. help. We solve these problems deeply. There's no way you have these things fixed. I'm looking at you, right? And so let me tell you what we can do for you. Well, I, I think we got to turn the lens back on you. Yeah. Say, what's the root cause First of all, of that approach being broken. What's well, we gotta, we, yes, what we got to do is like you just said, I know my product. I know this, but I can tell you most SaaS companies don't know the problems they solve, Warren. And I can tell you that because almost every time we go into an engagement, we ask them, list the problems we solve. And what do you think they give us for an answer? Uh, we, we solve the problem of us not having enough money here at our company. No, they say things like, <laughs> I say, what problems do you solve? And they say things <laughs> okay. like, 
Yeah. They, they list the right. features, Oren. They literally list the features. What right. business problems do you solve? And they, they say things like, oh, we make it faster to, to, to make payroll. Oh, we do this. I said, no, no, I didn't ask you what you fucking do. I literally asked you what problems do you solve for businesses? And they don't know. They literally pay us to help them go through the process because it's that difficult for them to change their mindset. So what, what you do to a 23-year-old is maybe spend less time teaching about the product and you spend more time teaching about the four or five business problems that an accounting department, a controller, or the CFO struggle with, why they struggle, what causes them. These 23-year-olds can figure that out once you put it in a nice, easy package. And then what you just send them out and say, go ask them if they're struggling with this. So I think, by the way, um, we, we wrote a summary of your book. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, I mean, like the, uh, it's quite thick. I can't go through it all, but here it is. So it's fantastic. Um, <laughs> this, by the way, uh, this book summary is available for $19.99 pitchanything.com uh, book summaries of a uh, gap selling. I want, and I want to leave some time to get in your new book. Cause that's a fascinating area. I think you did a good, good, did a good job of jumping into some, uh, new insights as we, uh, enter an era where everything has changed, but I want to just keep pounding on this because it's very interesting. So I think what, when I looked at the summary of, of, no, I mean, I actually did go through it. You know, this says, know your customer, scribble, scribble, scribble. Yep, okay. Yep, yep. So know your customer better than they know themselves. Yes. I think that is one area where you and I are just absolutely um, French kissing or sorry. We have uh, where um, our philosophies uh, overlap with uh, a lot of similar components is what I meant. Mm -hmm. No, I get it. Yeah. So I like to think about it is when you can talk to your customer in the same terms, in the same cadence, with the same ideas, the same level of urgency, uh, the same focus as they do on Monday morning when there's something is going wrong and they call each other, when you could be on that call and add value to it. Yes. That's yes. the way I think about it. Yep. Yep. How did you come about to this point of insight that you have to know your customer better than they know themselves? And, and by the way, if your internet just connects now or you have something, you know, something you're getting a, a, a horrible car crash, but you're fine. Insurance, uh, publisher or company, everybody's fine, but you are a meteor lands on you and you're, you're hardly wounded. Um, and this is the only point that you'll get to it. I think Keenan is a million percent accurate. And when he says, know your customer better than they know themselves, when you can do that, I feel like you can own the, own, own be, be not only be a uh, credible, in the conversation, be a peer to them, appear high status, have a seat at the table and be able to have a shot at changing their view on what they're buying and how they're buying it. Only when they believe you can talk to them in their language yep. at the level that they talk it, have a seat at the table. I have sat and sat at many, many tables where I've just been confused you know, my role was to say something. So the yeah. opposite side of this, like I had one role to say something, but I was terrified because all the conversation around it, I didn't understand. It wasn't in context. I had one thing to say. I finally said that one thing that I was told to say. This wasn't yesterday. This was yeah, many yeah. years ago. Like, and it made no sense to anybody at the table. It made no sense. But I was told to say it. It like got out of my mouth. I was terrified once it dropped like a 
you know, um, like chewing gum had shot out of my mouth and just landed at the table and everyone was staring at it. Like, what the, f- the fuck are you talking about? Dismiss, low value. Yes, yep, yep. And, yep. and so I've been in those experiences and I've been in the other experiences where people really feel like I speak to them in their language. How did you come to this insight and what, and, and frame it up for me uh, why you think it's so important? Well, so, so uh, look, it, it came from influencing people. So I say early in the book, your job, your real job at the end of the day is to influence people to change. Okay. We can put all kinds of fancy words on it, but really at the end of the day, salespeople are paid to influence somebody to change. And so what I realized really, really, really early in my life, probably because I was selfish, probably because I just wanted to do things I wanted to do because I was sort of a rebel and didn't like being told no, because I'd get myself in trouble and I didn't like the consequences. Like there were a million different, you know, childhood. Hey, how, how dare you live my childhood? Yeah. Hey, my childhood, sir. If you how had to think you? for a fucking second, we were that much different. You're not as smart as I thought you were, but um, no. Right. So I, I started learning as a kid. To, to understand why the person was punishing me. Like, why are you mad at me right now? And when I understood why they were mad, I knew how to respond. If I didn't understand why they were mad, I would just get defensive. Well, I didn't do it, I didn't do it. But when a minute I had a teacher say something like, look, you're a really smart kid. And when you do these things, it's gonna affect your ability to be successful. So I'm like, oh, they care for me. So I need to respond in a way that makes them feel better that I'm not going to make mistakes. So I'm going to, they can feel better that I'm not going down that path. Or if I, all the kids in the, uh, here's a good one. I did this, right? I did a lemonade stand and I try to understand other kids want to do other stuff. I'm like, but um, uh, what's to the lemonade stand? We can make somebody, no, I want to go do this, this. I'm like, dude, but weren't you just telling me the other day that your mom never lets you have any sweets and stuff like that? Dude, if we do this lemonade stand, you can go buy those cookies. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Okay, let's do the lemonade stand, right? Like it's always about them, Oren. And people don't get it. Like in in the most selfish way, I can be unselfish. If I help you understand that my role is to get you more of what you want based on your terms, your vernacular, your lexicon, your metrics, your outcomes, I'm the most valuable resource in your goddamn life. So so I learned it as a young age. uh, It's very interesting. I I came to the same conclusion a little bit differently in that, um, you know, I'm a little different than you. We, we grew up very the same, but I'm, you know, good looking, charismatic. People like me. And that's called uh, projecting, dude. You, that's called projecting. They get good oh, looking, yeah. at me, man. Right. They, they, <laughs> <laughs> so, so they do, you know, like to your point, I knew I got good at getting out of trouble by being charismatic, by understanding what their needs were. Motive was and the emotion behind why they were mad at me. Yeah. Right. I was, I was attaching to their emotional response. So that's theory of mind, right? How your ability to view how other people view you. But when I got into raising money uh, or helping people raise money, we would get all the way down the road to an engagement where they would say, I like you. I like your company. You check all the boxes. You have the securities licenses. You have the logos. I love everything you're saying. Um, I believe that you're uh, uh, forthright and honest and you work hard. But we don't know if you can do it in our industry. We don't know if you can do all these amazing things. You've proven that you yeah, can do yeah, yeah. for us. I see where you're going here. And yep. so it wasn't until yep. that's what I discovered. It wasn't until I would you know, say things like this. 
uh, and this is for my clients, right? Hey, it looks like the Fed discount window is at 2.1% this morning. If it drops to, to you know, 2.05, you know, capital is going to circle the globe, you know, at, at two times the current rate. You know, we probably wouldn't be able to pull $100 million from the private equity overhang until that uh, full circulation has happened. And with GDP sort of declining as we're getting into a couple of variants, it sort of appears that, uh, unless we accelerate our pace now and increase the pace of marketing until, you know, through at least the end of October season, it'd be hard to project first quarter 2022 as growth to the board. I mean, do you guys see it that way? And it'd be like this motherfucker right here. Yes. yes. Now, do you know what you did? Watch this, Oren. In my book, that you're referencing the most, well, okay, not the most, one of the most important elements. What did you just describe this? There's all I'm going to cut to the chase. All the, what you just did right there is you highlighted a root cause. And you cannot highlight root causes unless you understand the business. So the minute they recognize, oh, he gets the root cause, then I believe he can fix the problem. That's why in gap selling, we spend so much time breaking. Like, look, traditional selling, or and you've seen it. Find the fucking pain. Find the pain. Find the pain. Fuck, I'm so tired of that stupid thing. Because pain is such a broad, sweeping fucking word that you don't know what to do with. When you actually step back and you peel it back, it's really not just pain. It's the business problem the impact on the organization and what you just described is the root cause and when somebody can actually say oh here's the problem here's how it's impacting you. i can see how it's impacting you boom 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 and this is why it's impacting you boom 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 in their words in their in their you know their lexicon that you're right then they just hug you squeeze you and you're invaluable because like a doctor they finally say oh you get it you can help me so I love this. I use it in my book uh, um, for, for, you know, for people watching along there, by the way, there's a variety of people watching this. Some of them are going, this is fucking astrophysics. Like I cannot fall. I have features and I have benefits. Yeah. What are these dudes talking about? But that's fine. You'll get there. The reason you're saying that is because you're nine years old. Um, okay. <laughs> or then, you won't let go or you won't change. You don't see value in change. You're going to hang on. Then, right. Then there's other guys going, yeah, I, they work in a vertical like mortgages. That's all they do. So, you know, you and I and a lot of other people have to sell horizontal. Yep. So guys walk in and they're in a logistics business. Then another guy sells airplanes. Then another guy, you know, um, has machines that make this. Yep. And then you know, another guy sells coffee. And then another guy does rocket engines. Yep. Right. And so we have the problem that a lot, a lot of people do is that our customers are, are broad. So the mortgage guys are going, yeah, we talk to our customers straight up about all this. Yeah, well, forget you guys. Go fuck yourself. Like, you're in an easy business. Okay? But what's here? funny is I can even take a mortgage broker and I can show them how little they know about their customers as well. Well, that, that's good. I mean, because it's 2021 and there's $8 trillion extra in the economy. And, you know, everybody who couldn't buy a $220,000 house now is buying a $4 million house. But anyway, Again. Um, Again. No <clears throat> economics. Uh, but, but I think the... Um, when you can when you can talk to someone about what you're seeing in their business and like you said of the root cause and say way down here at the bottom of the spreadsheet where there's cells and there's numbers and things multiply themselves and i'm looking down there and i've seen this a couple times and it feels like the problem is here i'll give you an example from from my perspective i'd love an example from yours so a uh, company's trying to raise money and, you know, they're out and trying to raise $20 million and, you know, the offers are getting are $10 million. So we'll look at the spreadsheet and we'll go, well, the problem's way down here. Like these assumptions that you're making have never been met before by any company ever. Like Facebook, 
the fastest growing, highest valued, fastest, largest IPO anomalies in human history in business didn't get a tenth of these numbers. But you, fuck face and dumbstick here, <laughs> sorry, beavis and butthead, are, are going to get better results with five people, you know, than Facebook had when they had 500 people and were the most highly valued company in the world. So it, if, if we can normalize these assumptions, value is going to pop up and people will, will see you uh, more respectfully in the financial markets. So what is your, in, in sales, what is your version of sort of getting inside of what somebody's doing, highlighting the root problem in a way that they go, huh, I like the way you think either. Yeah, we kind of knew that, but hardly anybody talks in those terms. That's just how we talk to each other way down in engineering. Or we didn't even think of that. I like where you're going. Uh, you understand our business. So can you give an example of that yeah. like happening in, in real on your side? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna matter I'm not even do real on my side. I'm gonna do real on your side. I'm gonna play this stuff sucker live. So I'm I'm I you just explained the situation, right? So I, I'm in that same situation. What I'm gonna say is I'm gonna say, all right, look, um, Fuck stick and whatever his other two saying was right. Listen, I hear you're frustrated that you're not getting the twenty million dollar um, valuation. I think it was valuations you want. I think it was or the cash. I can't remember. What yeah, it was. yeah. Valuation. Yeah. Twenty yeah. million valuation you want, right? Oh, cash. You not get the twenty million in cash. You want to get ten million dollar offers, and that's frustrating. Am I getting that correct? Yes. Um, listen, I was looking through your your finances here, and way down here, I'm looking at these assumptions for growth. I'm looking at these assumptions for cash. We'll just go with growth for growth, right? Um, I see that this is at this rate. Can you walk me through? how you came to those assumptions. And I shut up. So one of the things that makes gap selling so powerful is I, I ask, I teach people to ask questions that I know that will drive me to the problem or that I know can highlight or open up the, the, the robe, right? And get them uncovering for themselves. So as they give me, as I listen very intently to how they come up with those assumptions, I can say, okay, I follow your logic, but let me ask you this question. Are you aware that Facebook has never never hit those? Are you aware that Google never hit those? Are you aware that the assumptions you're driving to, no one's ever hit? So this is really interesting. And we can just, if you don't mind, we can just pause here and yeah. sort of dig in a little bit. Yeah. I, and it, it could be me, and you could happily be, of, you know, unpaid therapy for me. I'm happy <laughs> to take the therapy back. I am always terrified. That when I say things, when I ask discovery questions or or pointed questions like that, that are leading, the kinds of guys that I work with feel like I'm back in the corner and they feel like it's a little bit cheesy in the in the phraseology. Because I work with CFOs and CEOs, and I'm always afraid they're rolling my eyes when I go, Are you aware? And right. And the, whoa, 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 answer, wait, and the likely answer is yes. No, okay, but notice the difference in the questions. Orin, I love this. this is probably going to be the best part of the whole show. Your question, are you aware, is, is a horrible question. And I don't, no, no, no. I call those self-diagnosing questions. Notice the question I asked. Could you walk me through your assumptions and how you built them? One is an understanding question to understand. The other one is a defensive question to make you defend. So there's a big difference. Right. So, so I agree. But some of the other, but it's sticking on that one. I'm always afraid when I ask a CEO, CFO, chief marketing, you know, somebody see, even if it's a small company, seven person company. And I go, walk me through uh, how you built these assumptions. Yep. Yep. Um, 
And no, I'm gonna play I, for I, I would, that's a fair question, by the way. Yes. You're listening, and you think I'm pushing back on that? I'm not. I would ask that all day long. Walk me through. Well, I would ask it differently, truthfully. That's fine. But the bottom line is I want to understand. That's a question I would ask. Yeah. I would just say, I'm sorry. Like, I'm scratching my ass right here. What? I'm looking at this, and I can't pattern match to anything that makes fine. sense in human history. How do you, you walk get to me these? Through what, like, where, what, McKinsey, white paper, 21-year-old, first job after Stanford came up with this stuff? Because like, give me their number. I want to call those guys. Tell them never to talk to you again. Like, where is this coming from? So I would just that style. That's your style. style. But it's, I agree with the question. Where is this yep. coming from? Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. Uh, so give me some of the other sort of. Uh, here's the key piece. But this yeah. is the really key piece, Oren. My next question is going to literally be based on what they tell me. And 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 I have more examples, tons of examples. Is once people start telling you how they come up with them, I listen very intently and then I ask the next question. Okay. Did you consider, I'm making this shit up. Now we're going to go off on a random, but did you consider in these numbers that the current um, uh, growth rate in new accounting a new accounting organizations is only 2%? Were you aware of that, right? Or did you, know? did you take into consideration that? Now, what do they think they're going to say? No, we didn't. I got gotcha. you. So I take my knowledge and I ask questions to see where their knowledge is. And that's how the gap starts to be defined. So then once they, this is the key piece, Orin, and it's really hard for people. And I love your concept about it's fucking, uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, rocket science or something. But once they figure it out, it's brilliant, is I then use your words, your statement, your assessments to my questions to guide you and show you where you messed up. And then they come back and you can't get mad at me because like you said it, not me. You said it. So uh, is the risk there that somebody goes, well, Keenan, I'm looking at my notes here. You said you wanted uh, a minivan that was red. You had to get it in below $35,000. You wanted your family to be safe. Uh, you wanted to buy it before the weekend. Uh, is all that correct? No, that's what I, you say. Yeah, no so how, how do people not? step into that trap. I feel like oh, we it's close. It's close. There. It's close because yeah. it's all nuanced. Cause notice what you said here, Orin. You said you needed. If you do a prop gap selling, you don't say you needed. What you end up having the person say is, I'm concerned about the safety of my kids. I've had this is my second kid. My dad got in a really bad car accident and and one of my sisters is is permanently injured. I'm afraid of that for me. The second one is we drive a lot to the mountains to go skiing every weekend. So that's a long drive and it's stuck in traffic. My kids start throwing things around. They're throwing food on the floor. They're not entertained. That's just two. So what happens is you don't say you said you needed, you said you needed. What I say is this is what I recommend. I recommend this because you said you're afraid of this. I recommend okay. this car with these features. Now they can't argue. It's not you said you needed. I'm literally customizing my recommendation to you on the problems you stated. It's very different. We're in 100% agreement. What? The, the language and the recommendation and the ideas not only have to be original, not only have to solve a problem they either have or think they might have, they have to be in terms, in specifics, in language that they can relate to in their own business. Otherwise, they're just going to wonder if you can. It all sounds good, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But what's going to happen is they're going to move a bunch of money over to your account and then they're going to be waiting for the results and there's a certainty gap. Uh, uh, 
and so unless you can speak to them at the at the bottom of the spreadsheet. So so if you think about it, when you go in to raise money, right? Uh, it sounds like you're very familiar with this. If it's top down, hey, it's a big market. If we only sell 2.001 percent of the market, uh, you know, we'll have 100,000 customers at $5,000, and we'll be profitable in the first six months. Like that, if that's a top down approach. Mm -hmm which is on macros. Mm -hmm. It all sounds good, mm -hmm. but unless you can show someone uh, what you're spending for AdWords, what your conversion rate mm -hmm. is, what your long tail is, the details mm -hmm. underneath the use, you know, that the, um, the use of that money and that makes sense, then you'll close the certainty gap. Mm -hmm. So I think we totally agree. You know I would do differently. You know what I would do in addition? Like I, I feel blessed that, uh, well, possibly industry I'm in, there's really not much for capital out that I prefer to raise. So I'll just, I'm doing it all myself. I mean, we're organically grown. Yeah. But if I was in a position to actually be a consultant for someone to raising money, or I had to go out and raise my own, everything you said is spot on and I would do that. But I would add one additional component. Once I got somebody interested in me and they were talking about me, or once I was reaching out to get somebody interested in me, I would have a conversation around their current thesis, their current portfolio, where the money is invested, and I would try to see where I am a fit inside that to close a gap. In other words, no pun intended, here's your portfolio, here's what's not performing, or here's where your market you're missing that you're trying to fill, and I would that would be the problem. Like, you're not getting revenue from this space, you're not getting this type of return, you're not getting this. I am that solution, not you're giving me fucking money, I am a solution to a hole in your portfolio, and that's why we need to be talking. 95%, the, the additional 5% is that's why we need to be talking. But as much as I'm evaluating, as you're evaluating me for your portfolio, yep. I have to evaluate you because I'm seeing a bunch of singles and we ain't a single. And so yep. I'm yep. very interested because you're in this space, you cover the space, you have a thesis in the space, you yep. deployed capital in the space, yep. you have a capital overhang in the space, you publish yep. a blog in the space, you've got some decent companies, but I'm worried about a few things. Your last, your last fund performed only at 7%. Some of the institutional investors are a little creepy about this next fund. This has to perform. I noticed the new fund is only investing in these particular areas, let's say in AI. We're attacking this area of AI, which is a lot larger. We understand it's a lot riskier, but I think this will close the gap. It's literally, it gap, look, what people don't understand, in, in the end of the day, it's not rocket science. It's, do you know what the fuck is keeping these people up at night? Do you know why they're frustrated? Do you know what they're concerned about? And how do you plug the hole? It's yeah. that simple. And you cannot plug the hole until you know it's how big it is, what shape it is, what the force is on the other side of the hole. And once you know all of that, you can calmly walk in and say, I am your savior. Here is why. I'll prove to you I can do it. Now shut up and let's close the deal. I'm looking at my show notes here. It says right here, argue with Keenan. But I'm just not, I can't find the right thing to argue with you about. All right. So, uh, no, I'm in agreement. That's very good. Like insult him. That's okay. People want to. I make myself a target. And, and, and dude, I'm sure I've cost myself millions of dollars because of my persona. But I spend more time on my on my craft and on what it means to sell. And I'll go toe-to-toe -to -toe with any person walking this fucking planet on how to do this. And if you don't like my personality because I'm not in a blue suit and khakis, I don't give a fuck. But I will crush you at the level of how to sell, what it takes, what it's about, what the underlying psychology is. And that's all I care about, my product. So I, I, I love that we're enjoying this. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a million percent. I mean, I think uh, this is a good testament to you can have all these social layers on top of you that are optics, 
that are theoretical, that are strategic. You can be from Stanford or Yale or Dartmouth. Uh, you can have been at Facebook and Google and everything. In some ways, I think uh, those are almost negatives because they can get you in the door a little bit easier. But today it's very easy to get in. And if you can't get in a door, yeah. something happened. Amen. Um, like, I guess you don't have a LinkedIn account, but if, <laughs> right? um, you don't have the Internet. Yeah, yeah, right, right. You're in, yeah, you're in um, Belgian West Congo, but not in the good part, right? Like, yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Where, where are you calling in from? Oh, I am in uh, Belgian West Congo. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, okay, motherfucker. Well, call me when you move to a city. Yeah. I'll help you out. All right. So, where was I? Um, um, you can go to Facebook and go to Stanford. You can go to. It, it, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so in some ways, you're sort of setting yourself up for failure because anybody can get in the door and now they're projecting on you all the things they have in their mind about those social layers. And it's very easy to disappoint people about how um, you should behave, uh, you know, from Stanford. And the reality is, if you can get in and talk to them in their language, you have insight on the problems they have. Yep. You've solved this problem. Uh, uh, and, and I would add this, if, if they believe, so I don't believe in lighting things on fire and then squirting a, and then selling them fire extinguishers, no, no, but, but if they do, if you can lead them to understand that their problem they have in like, things are changing faster than they think. And yes. Yes. They have their problem. Yes. And a worse way than they probably think because of the external changes. Mm -hmm. That's not something you control. You know, winter is coming yep. faster and more furiously than maybe they can see. Yep. And you can help them see some of the changes that are happening uh, and that they're in the edge of their problem being kind of irrecoverable. Yep. Because this is where I wanted to go next is it doesn't really matter what your background is. If you have insight, if you can speak in their language and insight how they're going to get pressure externally. And then you are positioned at somebody who works, you know, a mile down the road mm -hmm. in this problem mm -hmm. and can provide them some insight on what is going to have very likely happen to them next. Then, and, and here's my question. What I like to do then is raise the stakes mm -hmm. to you are on the forefront of this problem to where winners and losers are switching places. Mm -hmm. If you get this problem much worse than you have it, I'm not even interested in it. <laughs> you you go to Upwork and type in I'm fucked who can solve you know this for me mm -hmm. but I'm not doing it because I'll tell you why people come uh, give you a real example in our business people have gone out and tried to raise money everywhere mm -hmm. so they put out a pitch with numbers with a strategy with a deck and they haven't hit their numbers uh, competition can do what they do very easily and they've pivoted two or three times then they come to us and say we can't raise any money I'm like I don't know. You peed in every single pool in the neighborhood. Where would you like me to take you swimming? Right. Uh, uh, yeah. And yeah. I go, listen, there, there's one thin channel. I could take you to Geneva. A third of the world's wealth is in the private offices in Geneva. They don't speak English very well there. We could take you there, but you pee in that. That's the last pool that you can mm -hmm. swim in. Mm -hmm. Pee in that pool. Right. And it's a big shit sandwich. We're all going to take a bite. So, um, uh, so I, I like to raise the stakes honestly and saying you're at the edge of where this is just um, too problematic for me to deal with. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How do you 
think about raising the stakes. So there's just a fork in the road. And uh, um, my, my visual is if you think about the eighties video games where, you know, they weren't very sophisticated, you no. didn't have like so calm when you're running mul the, the multiverse, you were basically going one direction Defender and were coming at you the other direction, Defender, right? And you, all you could do is move up and down and yep. maybe back yep. a, li a little bit, but yep. things were coming at you so fast you had to make decisions. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I like to build that scenario where things are coming at them and it's a fork in the road. And, but they're not sitting there going, send us a proposal. We have to think about it. We'll go to committee. We will talk to the Loch Ness monster and see what she thinks. They, it's like, Hey, it's a fork in the road. I don't care, but you got to take it. Mm -hmm. um, how, so it sounds like you understand where I'm going with this, but yeah. how do you raise the stakes and then, and then um, present that fork in the road? So the way I do it is, again, very similar to when I played with you before. And the key is, and, and look, you're going to see I keep coming to these same things. I don't just spout the shit and then go off on some tangent. It always comes back to these three key elements. Right. I, don't, I think you meant I don't spout some shit, go off on a tangent like you do. If that's you how you're feeling, it. you know, I mean, look, if, that, you if can that's say how it. you're feeling, you might want to explore that. I have okay. no problem with it at the present time, right? Okay. This is a good interview, <laughs> right? So it comes down to the business problem, yeah. the impact, the root cause. And so this is how I handle this, right? Yeah. We call it expanding the gap. So a customer will come to us and first say, I need. They'll, they'll tell you what the problem is in their world, and that's a need. Nine out of ten times, they'll say, I need this. Sure, okay? I need accounting software. Yes. Right. Yeah. that um, is less likely to trigger an audit. We got audited last year. Yes. We yes. can't use QuickBooks anymore. We need some kind of fancy SaaS. Yes. So, so I'll say, okay, great. So I'll say, tell me about the audit, right? And they'll start telling me, I'll say, how much did it cost you? How long did it take? I'll find out that they got fined 250,000. Oh, now that you asked, it was $232,000. Oh, I'm sorry, TMI. TMI. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so right. I'll find out how much they will find. And what I'll do is yeah. I'll ask questions to quantify the business problem, right? right? Then I'll find out what the impact to the organization was. But then I'll say, well, wait a minute. Are you in compliance now? Because half the time they're thinking about the problem. Like, but are you now that you've gone through all the deal, are you in compliance now? They'll say yes. Then I'll say yes. Then I'll say, how are you staying? Watch what I do here, Oren. How are you in compliance now? If using the same system, if you weren't before, what have you changed? Right. And then they'll say, well, we added six people to it. We did this. Okay, it's great. How much more is that costing you to stay in compliance? Do you see what I'm doing here? I'm digging into their world and I'm digging into what the fuck's going on. I'm using my logic that says, if you got, if you were out of compliance and you paid a fine and you're still in the same system, my gut's telling me if you're not in compliance, you're about to be out of compliance any fucking minute. So why are we dicking around, right? So once I get all of that on the table, then I start saying, what is the cost of being out of compliance twice? Because my brain is telling me you can't keep being out of compliance and they don't give you the same fine. And I get them like, oh shit, it's a half a million bucks. That's how I broaden the gap, right? And then what I do is I say, okay, now that we're here, this is how we can fix it for you. When I put in the whole, oh, and then I get to the root causes, and I won't play with that. Root causes, this, 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 this is what's causing it, this is what's causing it, this is what's causing it. The minute they give me the root causes, there is my conduit, my road, my highway to be like, well, I can fix that. And right, and I even throw some more. Are you doing this? this? Oh, yeah, that's also the reason this is happening. I really get them to realize, oh, this cat knows what's going on. So when I finally come in and say, we can fix this. This is how we'll address root cause number one, which downstream makes that go away. Like I'm going to put the battery in. Your car is going to start. You're going to get to work on time. 
The second thing we're going to do is we're going to give you a, a little, um, you know, little plug to plug in to make sure on those really cold days the battery doesn't get cold. So because you said, oh, we when the battery works, you're in fucking Wisconsin, it's fucking freezing, doesn't start in. So we're going to solve that so you won't be late again. Now, because you weren't late for three months in a row, you'll actually be back up for the promotion that you didn't get before. Do you see what I'm saying? And so by the time I'm done, they're like, oh, my God, hurry up. How do we get this happening? And here's the key piece, and you'll love this. When two weeks, three weeks go by, they're like, I need to talk to so-and-so, and I need to do this, and I need to do that. I actually had a conversation just this morning on our sales team call. I say, okay, take your time, but my question is this. You're on the edge of being out of compliance. We already talked about that this takes 500. You're going to cost you another 500000 in this. I'm very concerned about the length of time this is taking you and the exposure it's putting you in. What can I do to help? Can, can you hang on a second? I have to do something administratively. Yeah. Uh, Daniel, uh, block Keenan's number. We're going to own accounting software by the end of the day. Uh, <laughs> this is block his number, this motherfucker here. Sorry. Yeah. Where were we? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. So, uh, I, so that's how you raise the stakes is I'm very concerned yep. that as this continues. Yep. And then fill in what they told you. Their unique, specific, one-of-a-kind situation. Because that's what a lot of salespeople miss. And I know you love this when you read the book, Oren. If you go to the average salesperson's CRM and you read six different opportunities, they all sound exactly the same. And that freaking salesperson could not tell you which account it was, right? But yet they're all different. Like if you dig in, this one's losing two grand a month. This one's losing a hundred grand. This one's got paid out of compliance. This one, but they don't know. But where do people die in discovery in your mind? Uh, I have a very, I have a very particular view on this, which I voiced many, many times. But I'm very interested. Where do the guys that you're training, when you look at them, where are they? They they know to do discovery because they've been told to do discovery. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, where are they? And and you know, again, this isn't like the. A uh, slimy salesperson that just wants a quick commission. Uh, they they believe in their product. They know their why. They know their company's why. They they're you know on top of things and they're well-meaning. And then they start to go into discovery. Where does discovery get off the tracks? What well, they're out to do discovery to get them to give them one or two things max that they oh I can fix that right? They don't actually go into understand the business and the nuances and they find a pain versus, oh, here's the problem, but what's the impact of the problem? And oh, okay, now I understand the impact, but what's causing it? They don't get those things. And they do a lot of self-diagnosis. They say things like, um, you know, if you could, you know, you said it takes you too long to run reports. If you, if we could do those reports in a day, would that interest you? Like their, 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 their discoveries quickly move to product discoveries. How can I get my product into your business? So focus on that one because I think a lot of people right now are saying, well, I ask that, right? If I could run these reports faster in a day and they, uh, if they were faster and gave you more insight into your data, is that something to be interested in? Yeah, that's an awful question. It's awful discovery. One, it's sleazy and smarmy, and they see where it's coming. Two, well, why? Go, what's the root? Yeah, think what's about the what root, you have. What's think the root sleaziness behind yeah, it? Because, because you're not, you don't care to understand their world, right? Think about, like, just flip it. Take an extra second. Think of, I always say you leave the meat on the bone. So if they told you it takes too, lo too long to do reports, first off, what's too long? How long does it take you to – because you can't build the gap. How long does it take you to run reports? 
Well, one company could say four hours. One could say six. One could be an hour. You take 50 minutes. Why is an hour too long in your business, right? Number two, what are you running reports on? Number three, with that data, what are you doing with the data on the company? Number four, from that data, if it's not good data, it takes too long. How has it negatively affected the company? <laughs> like, dude, are you fucking kidding me? Like, if you give me all of that information, I can tell you what I can do right away. I will walk away and not have to spend another time with you because I can't fix it and it's not going to get stuck in my pipeline. Or two, I will have you literally eating out of the palm of my hands to solve that problem yesterday because now I know how big the problem is, how it's affected your business, what the root causes are, why it's costing you. I own you and how I can fix it. I own you. So when the typical salesperson says, says, well, tell me about reports. Oh, it takes too long. It's frustrating. And they say, well, if we could do this, I get way much more information and I slay you. A, a million percent. I think when somebody asks me those questions, uh, say, hey, you know, if you could get reports that could visualize your data more deeply and you'd be able to get more insights, be able to make better decisions about your business, uh, is that something you would want? Right. And, and so I just think like, hey, motherfucker, you don't know that. It's annoying. Like, if you don't know my business well enough as to what in the kind of business, well, how did you get here? Because yeah. go back to where you came from. Amen. I don't know who let you in here, <clears throat> but you came into the wrong door, right? And and because my sense is, for, for most of the people we're talking to, they know nine out of 10 scenarios if you've been in a company for two years, you know nine out of 10 scenarios that your your clients are facing and you don't actually need to do this much discovery. There should be, in my mind, in almost all the businesses I've seen, like two or three data points that let you do a big leap forward in discovery, right? But how much money? When do you need it? What do you want to use it for? Run it down. Okay, I'm going to give you a chance for you and I to argue. Yeah, here's what I think. I'm not sure we agree. So yeah. watch this. We're gonna you're gonna use something that everybody can follow really quickly. I use this example all the time about you just been diagnosed with a terminal brain cancer. You got six months to live, but I happen to sell the only pill on the planet that'll save your life, right? And what I try to say to people is, it seems obvious, like oh, some and it costs a million dollars. It seems obvious, like everybody's gonna pay a million dollars. I'm gonna survive. But what I walk through is this. I'm well. Let's just say one guy or girl is 35 years old and they just got engaged. They want children. They're not married yet. Their parents are still alive, and but not much longer. And uh, they want to come to the wedding. The person has a phenomenal job and um, blah, blah, blah. That's one scenario, right? Another scenario is the person is 92 years old. They haven't seen their, their, their children in a long time. They've outlived two of their children. Um, one doesn't come anymore. They don't see their great-great-grandchildren. And they spend their day staring at a stupid um, television all day. Another scenario is a 65-year-old guy who's just recently divorced. Um, he's miserable. His kids hate him. Like, do you know how many individual scenarios I could paint for you, Oren, that would impact somebody's decision to buy that pill? And that is the power of the gap is I don't assume all that because I could probably take two companies look identical and pull you so far apart that you thought you were both buying for the same reason, but they're entirely different reasons. And my ability to understand those unique reasons is why I win. Okay. Two things. One is this is what I call the Dan Ariely phenomenon. You have all these fancy names for shit that I just call well, it. What you know, it is. When you have a low intellect, you have to come up with names for stuff that sounds shit. intriguing. So, <laughs> so check it out. Dan Ariely, you know, good guy. I communicate with him. But basically, he takes 12, you know, USC, modern day 
graduated USC college students with you know 142 IQs and 4.0 grain point averages in high school that you know are white, one black dude and one Chinese <laughs> chick, right? And he puts them in a room and he gives gives them all coffee cups and half of them he allows to write their name on the coffee cup and the other half, uh, um, you know, name of a random person is printed on it. They let them drink coffee out of it. They have lots of engaging conversation and comes back around and says, Hey, I want to buy your coffee cup back for you. And the, you know, the, the guys who didn't have their name on it, just, uh, you know, give them back like, Hey, 25 cents is that too much. And people wrote their name on it. They're like, Hey, I wouldn't sell it to you for five bucks. Fuck off Dan Ariely. And so the conclusion is blah, blah, blah. So that's what your example is, right? Hi. I gave a real world example. Guys walk in and they go, Hey, I need $20 million. Uh, um, for what, how fast do you need it? What's the use of funds? Right. And, and, and what's your valuation based on, and what industry are you in based on that? I can go, Hmm. And do quite a lot of work to impress them that I'm in their world. So then I can go in in further discovery and extract the meaningful information. So guys, 95 or 35 or 17 or 42, that's the, you're not extracting information. Like this is, this is face value. Their buyers have some information that they're protecting. What's your budget? Perfect example. What's your budget? Mm -hmm. um, you know, no matter, <laughs> no matter what somebody tells you when you ask them what's their budget, uh, let me tell you what they're thinking. I never ask what the budget is ever, right. ever. Right. But you can get to it, of course. I don't care. I don't need to get to it, Oren. I don't need to get to it. But but my point is, what's your budget is just one of those questions, which is like, when's your drop dead date, right? When do you have to decide? Who's really the ultimate decision maker, right? At what, what did the competition price this at? There's some data. Yeah. And that, that, and you, and that, that you know what's so in, funny? When, in when you go back and listen to this, though, when you go back and listen to this, I want you to go to the piece where you started with, whether they're 17 or 19 or 35, whatever, right? And I have to know what, how, and when, right? The one piece you missed, go back and notice, you didn't have to know why. And even if somebody is raising money, there's always a human element, Oren. And you, I like this in your book. You talked about this human element a lot, right? So if I'm a 17-year-old, right, who is the coder myself, I'm not in for a whole lot of money. If the thing fails, it's going to suck, but not the end of the world. That's a very different paradigm that if I'm 37, it's my third fucking chance go with this. I've lost a shitload of money. But did they have to tell you that? Like, that yes. is so dead obvious. No, it's not. That's the point I'm trying to get to. Okay. The minute I start asking these questions, I literally will do this. I'm like, wait, this is your third one. Let me just pretend you're like, Corin, let me ask you a question. You, you told me you just got married. You told me it's your third one. If this doesn't work and you don't get this money, are you going to go this again or is this your last go at it? Right? I, I cannot keep doing this. I'm getting fucking tired. I'm going to yeah, go okay. a UPS driver. Exactly. Yeah. So how I approach this, how much discount I can get for you is a, I know I'm dealing with a different mindset and what you're willing to work with, the discount I can get for you, the, the change you'll do for me versus the guy who's, I don't know, 31, it's his first one. He's got no wife. He's been in his basement forever. I, I love it. So here, here's what I'm thinking. Like this, what you're getting at, because originally I didn't fully appreciate where you were at with why. What I think you're getting at is the why is is the is not the why up here floating around that they tell everybody, that they tell grandma, that they tell. Yeah. It's the why that's like on their, in their DNA. That's it's going the to affect their ability to make the decision. 
Remember they, I said this yeah. in the beginning, it's all about influence, a change, or influencing is a decision. So what you just said is that's it. That why is where the decision comes from. And if I can't get to that, I'm not influencing. How shit. do I know that I'm there? So here, here's the problem. Here's, here's the Orncliffe dilemma, right? I can do this because it's, it's, it's through all my experiences. I'll tell you my um, – people have heard this a lot. You might not have. my lose the numbers. The way I got into all this, and I'll, I'll get somewhere with this, is I was working on a deal. My partner's very wealthy. Call him an $80 million guy. I was a $0 million guy, and I needed this deal to close and not be a negative $0 million yep, guy. Yep. Right? We were working on it for a long time. The, the, um, so we were the seller. The buyers – It was a, uh, we were selling an asset, and the buyers – uh, were agreeing and they were asking for more information and they were going to close and then they stalled and they wanted another legal review. And finally, my partner sent them an email and I needed this to close. Like they were in. All we had to do was like give them more time and answer another couple requests. And my partner sent them an email, subject line only, lose my number, all caps. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, I'm need someone to live now. Yeah. Right. Yep. For, uh, and, and I'm done. And I'm like, Russell, what? he's like, don't worry. I'm like, no, I'm worried, right? Because in my frame of mind, nobody in the history of business who ever wanted to, you know, swim with the Sharks or Tom Hopkins or do a deal with any other company ever sent them an email, all caps, lose my number. And then, bing, hey, so sorry. Really can't, I'm sorry we were so difficult. We'll close tomorrow. Really appreciate it. Thanks for being so patient. A million bucks. Uh, it was like a $30 million deal, but for yep. me, it's a yep. million yep. So, so I'm, and, and that opened my eyes to what I'm like, what the universe works in upside down, anti-gravity counterfactual ways. Then I even begin to understand. I started to plumb and get into this world and open the door and everything like that. But I, so I've had these experiences for 20 years of those little things ingrained. So I know when somebody is there for me, as do you in how you've described it. How does... Joe bag of donuts. <laughs> you know, how does somebody new to these processes know that they're at somebody's that they're deep enough that they're at the why at in their DNA? How, how do they know when to stop digging for that and that they're there and there isn't like a, you you know it intuitively? You've been doing it since you were six years old. What, what, is there a couple steps somebody can take? I mean, I think that. This is somewhere we could really move a population of people forward is, is yes, they need to get to the why, but how do they know that they've got the why that matters that's inside the DNA? Mm -hmm. So the way I'm going to, okay. So I'm going to try to do this in a, in a structural way, not an intuitive way. Yeah. So that's where the concept of the gap came up, right? So if I spend enough time getting you to tell me where you are today, right? I'm going to die. Okay, great. Let's just do it that the pill eats because it's easy. Everybody understands that, right? I say, great. Well, how old are you? Okay, I'm 35. Are you married? I just got recently married. Do you want kids? Yes. What are you guys thinking? We always talk about two or three, right? Okay. Um, you know, um, what do you do for work, right? I, I have a great job. I love my my wife is just started her own business. And I think it could be big. And so I flush all of this out, and then I realize, okay, you have terminal brain cancer. You have six months. So now the so now what I know is the future. The current state is you got six. You're this is you're, you're currently married. Blah 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 blah. And then the future state is you want these things. Okay. So now 
if you die in six months, you don't get those. There's my gap. So I can simply now, I, I sort of know it. I can simply say, so I, it's, and I know it's, no one would ever say this, but for the lesson, uh, it's fair to say, so understanding this, Paul, there's really nothing that you wouldn't do to make sure you walk, you first have kids, walk them, walk out. Like you have way tons of life left that you're not willing to give up yet. Do I understand that? And you measure it because walking the kids down the aisle, watch them graduate from high school, your wife's business being successful, you getting promoted to VP, blah, 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 right? That gap becomes so big, it the, the why is built right into what I call the intrinsic motivation. It's as plain as day. But the cool part about it, Oren, and I'm glad you asked this question, is most people try to go, like, here's the app. They try to go right down the middle and grab it. You can't do that. You can't. You have to anchor somebody in what's going on today. You have to anchor them in why they don't like it. That's the key piece. Why you don't like it today? What pain is it causing? What are the problems it's doing? How is it impacting you? Right? And then why is it happening? What's going on? Then it's like, okay, if we can solve this, what is it you're looking for the outcomes? What do you want them to be? And then it's this big, this big, this big, this big, this big. And it doesn't matter. Once you know the size of it, all you have to ask yourself is, is what I'm selling worth this, right? That's why I can, people say, well, you can't do it on something like a pack of gum. You bet your ass I can. If I find out you stopped into my 7-Eleven store, I wouldn't take the time. But, and I find out that you're going on a first date and you just ate garlic over lunch and you don't have time to go home to brush your teeth and you haven't had a date and gotten laid in a year and a half, I could probably charge you $20 for that fucking gum right now. So don't tell me I can't do the gap. It, it all comes down to the uniqueness of each situation. If you're just going home and it's an hour drive and your mouth tastes like gas, all right, here's a dollar fifty, great. But it's still the same product every time, Or you seeing that? It's my unique situation of where I am now and where I want to go that drives the intrinsic motivation. And as a salesperson, it's your job to uncover it and help them see it. It's the water dispensary machine that knows what the temperature is outside. I'll go with that. <clears throat> So um, that. this is awesome. Uh, listen, I'm getting the hook on time. I know you're as well. We didn't get to the new book, which is really. I don't have a new book. So I'm really curious what my new book is. Oh, I don't know. Um, Was it not wait, taught? Wait, are you Jonah Berger? What's your name again? <laughs> Carl <laughs> Weathers, baby. I'm Carl Who is Weathers. this guy? Who is this guy? Damn, I wish they'd give me the names of these dudes before they come on. Uh, all right. Well, then your old last book. Not taught. Uh, the, the, hold on. The title is, well, how, you didn't write 20 books. Two, I wrote two. Books. Yep, selling so, and not taught. Yeah, not taught. I wanted yeah. to talk about, but we'll have to come back to not taught another time. Yeah, I think let's do it. This was fun. We're, we're going to um, melt people's brains uh, if we go into not taught from Gap Selling. This is fantastic. Uh, I really want to endorse this methodology. I think Keenan is giving it to you straight. I think I'm in alignment with the things we talked about here. And um, I, I think you could, you know, here's what you do. Um, just take pitch anything, rip out a page, you know, and then take gap selling, you know, and rip out a page and then make a much thicker book and confuse yourself. But uh, at least we'll have sold two books. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, uh, so I will see you here next time. Hang on just a minute. And I got a quick message for people. And then we will talk for a moment off air. If you're planning to become a dealmaker at this level, make sure to join the Daily Dealmaker. 
we get into one little piece of this daily. And so you're just stacking and stacking and stacking these tools and tactics and strategies until they come out of you as naturally as they come out of me and the people that I work with. Add the tips, tools, strategies, tactics a little bit every day. And by the end of a year, you'll be a totally different, new, improved person and a very strong deal maker. Hey, thanks for listening. And be sure to stay tuned for more great content from Oren Claff. If you want to get daily insights and additional assets, go to orenclass.com slash daily and sign up for a seven-day trial of The Daily Dealmaker. See you next time.